this conversation took place ages ago, right back near the start of recording these conversations. So this was one of the conversations that I recorded when I recorded the Cardiff special. So if you listen to that, you'll also hear Bill in that. So long ago that the music references are pretty dated and I think I might have even still been in my old band from some of the things that I say. Also, in this conversation, I talk about running nights. My next night is coming up on the 17th of May. It's called Stand Up Tragedy. Regular listeners to the podcast will be well used to me talking about it. It's music, comedy, spoken word, true storytelling around the idea of tragedy. And it's at 7.30 at the Hackney Attic, 17th of May. We've got so a really great lineup. I'm going to do some songs. Come along. It's only £5 and the price of the ticket will help us take the show to Edinburgh. If you want to try before you buy, go over to www.standuptragedy.co.uk where you can play the podcast of Stand Up Tragedy. In fact, you can find it in iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio just like you can this. So go over there and have a listen to some of our previous performers doing tragedy. You can hear, like, there's loads of them, and they're really great quality. We've really improved the quality of the podcast as well, so I would suggest if you enjoy podcasts, have a listen to that. And now, after that long introduction, on with the show. And then the democratisation of digital has made it more fragmented even still. So you've got this fragmentation of influences and this fragmentation of distribution. Yeah. And I'm like, well, no, actually, this guy's tr- took, an, like, took an it out of his own time for no money to give you an honest appraisal of what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, yeah. It's a personal opinion, and it doesn't necessarily mean the whole site hates you. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better Please make me better I want to get better 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 acquainted with you Today we're getting better acquainted with Bill. Hello Bill. Hello Dave. So I've got a couple of questions that I start the show with. First one is how do you know me? How do I know you? Yeah. Would I describe you as a friend of a friend? But that'd be really rude, wouldn't it? No, I think friend. <laughs> I think friend of a friend is absolutely yeah fair. I mean, we both have a. Shared I consider you a friend, but you know, I haven't really seen you for years. So. A friend, of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so you, are, you don't live here, do you? So. No. So I'm a friend of a friend. That's yeah, fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. I wouldn't want to insult you. There. No, 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 no. Do you remember when you met me? Though? Uh, through Alex Pike. Yeah. Who may have appeared on one of these shows? I don't know yet. I can't remember. I think mists of time. The times, <laughs> I, the times I remember, remember hanging out with you. Yeah. Were with like you, me, and Alex just walking around the streets yeah. talking about in your stuff. in your old house on King's Road. Yeah, 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 yeah. Walking around from there, just walking around the streets. I remember mm. just talking. Me and Alex did a lot of walking around talking. Yeah. I think. Did you? you I did just remember you. Me? I just remember you and him like for long periods later, just having sort of ban politics arguments and stuff. <laughs> That sounds about yeah, right. So. It must have been pretty boring. Was enter- no, it was entertaining. <laughs> I mean, you know, up until I was about 16, I never used to go out, out. So, to me, that was, like, quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd only been going out, out, out for a couple of years, so yeah, yeah, it was well, quite interesting at the time. You know? 
That's it. I, I mean, I, I've always liked talking, and that's why I do this show. So yeah. I always, I always like walking around the streets, talking to people. I often prefer walking and talking to sitting in a pub, actually. Mm. A bit more active. So it's been years since we've seen each yeah. other, hasn't it? <laughs> I mean, the previous conversation I recorded today, I hadn't seen that guy for 12 years, but I think it's probably longer since really? we saw each other. Because, yeah, I don't think we hung out. I don't think I saw you very much, like, sixth form time. It was, like, just, just before sixth form, when I was doing my GCSEs, you guys were two years older than me. That's right, maybe, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean... That's it, true. I, that's longer than I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it we, must we, be like 15, 16 years. Yeah, ago, we've right? communicated on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> but we've not. I know, I, 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 I've got no doubt like, we probably would have hung out more if you, like, when did you leave Cardiff? Well, I, actually, I left Sorry, Cardiff. I'm, I'm turning the table. No, no, no. You know? Turning the, turn the tables <laughs> is absolutely fine, and it's been done a few times. <laughs> I left Cardiff when I was 18, I went to university. Yeah, I, so it must I, be years and years. Yeah, I think so. 13, yeah. 14, 15. Years. I think, yeah, maybe 15. <laughs> Christ, could, be, man. could be a lot yeah. getting old now Jesus half my life more than <laughs> yeah, half my life. Yeah, the other question that I ask everybody is what do you do now what do I do oh that's a good question <laughs> I often get that what do you do but it's a bit of a weird one to answer because what I do isn't very conventional so <laughs> well, that's good mm. but you know when when you say what do you do it's sort of not a loaded question I know it's, it's not I'm, on your part it's I'm not but I mean the, con- yeah. the, the culture is a loaded question, isn't it? I, because I get that a lot from my family, or what do you do? Because they don't quite understand what I do. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I do. Because I've sort of, sort of stum- I, I've sort of always been like very passionate about music, and I've kind of stumbled through what I could think of making a career in music. Well, the, so. the reason I ask the question, what do you do? Mm. Or in fact, I normally say, what do you do now? Mm. Is what I say. It's because I think it's necessary, but I don't want to say what's your job. I suppose I'd be... I don't like the term. Mm. I don't like being asked what's yeah, your job. Yeah, this is it. It's like because if you ask me what I do, my answer can be I'm a musician and writer. Yeah, but if yeah. you ask me what my job is, it has to be I'm an early years library outreach worker. Yeah, it's like what do I do? It's probably I would consider myself a music writer, but. So music, I jumped to that. I've gone on to do music PR now, and I'm kind of trying to set up a business in it. And I've been doing it for two or three years off my own bat, but I'm trying to make it more formal in business. But that has always been the thing I struggle with is sort of like business because I'm more of a creative person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that has been my kind of struggle, but I'm sort of getting there now because <laughs> so I've sort of finally stumbled into where I can use my talents for something that um, obviously I enjoy writing. But obviously, at the end of the day, it's not going to pay my bills or make me, you know, not that that's my prime motivator again, but it's not going to, you know, as a career path, it's not, it's essentially crazy, really. I mean, (laughs) it's like being a musician in a way, there's no money in it. It's entirely like that. Practically, you're doing it for the passion of it. Yeah. But I've kind of been lucky. I found a way that music PR, there's a bit more money in it, and you're utilising skills that you use in music journalism to write press releases and annoy people you know already that yeah. you've built up. So I've been quite lucky that I've sort of fell into that in the, like, the last three years almost, and now I'm getting a bit more serious about it. So what do I do? Yeah, I work in music is probably the easiest like thing, but, but uh, yeah, it... Well, a lot of people would just consider all that just like a hobby though <laughs> and well, so <laughs> with, with a few of these conversations I've found that 
the actual conversation is really just all about mostly unpa- unpicking yeah. and unpacking that first question. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, what do you do? I mean, that becomes the the rest of the conversation. I think. So, I mean, like, after I, I just explained to you briefly because I yeah, didn't yeah, finish do education until I was like twenty four, twenty five. So. Literally. Did you go to what? You went to uni? Yeah, well, what happened was I went to uni when I was about 18. I mean, this relates back to what we had a bit of a preamble before, like about London and stuff. I went there when I was about 18, 19, 20, something like that, because I had this idea that I wanted to live in London because that's where everything happens or whatever. Yeah. But I just, I like spent about eight months there and I just realised it wasn't for me and I realised that I had this like terrible homesickness even though I was trying to deny it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I ended up leaving London and then about two or three years in the wilderness just doing crap jobs and all sorts of things yeah. and then I realised that I just like I worked in like Tesco video shop and all these crap jobs that I hated and stuff and then I realised I just like was wasting my time I wanted to go back and do a degree which is what I wanted to do in the first place for whatever reason other things stopped me you know, okay. so I went back and did a media degree media so why did that take me up to <laughs> well, I didn't start that till I was like 20, 21 maybe so I didn't finish that until I was 24 so you were and then technically a mature student but kind of they, they, they still classify them a bit yeah. but it's ridiculous cause it is a bit kind of ridiculous really yeah. in my case because I always had quite like a young attitude anyway <laughs> <laughs> what you consider a young attitude maybe foolish I don't really think people grow up anyway yeah mm, some people do though. we just learn to present ourselves differently in different you'd situations. be surprised some 20 year olds I've met them like Oh, very, gr- very, what you consider grown up. It's properly Whether scary. they really are grown up yeah. or not is like maybe. But yeah, that takes me up to about 24, 25. So it's only like five or six years ago. And then I did a bit of a master's. I've had this like crazy idea that to be a journalist, you had to. All this time as well, I was sort of playing around with music and stuff because I sort of like was doing some stupid journalism. My friend used to edit Guy Ruth, which is like the Cardiff University newspaper or whatever. So you, were, she, you wrote for that? Yeah, and she knew I, even though I wasn't even in university, I was in Uric, but like, she was like, oh yeah, come along, because she knew I wrote like bits and pieces here and there, fanzines and stuff. This was the days before you had blogs, this was like 2001 or whatever, 2002, yeah. so these things didn't exist then. Oh, sorry about the washing machine. <laughs> kind of how I fell into it, I was just doing all that while I was doing my degree as well, so I was sort of building that up. I just used to put my reviews on very primitive crap reviews. I mean, some would say they still are, but, you know, I used to put them on a Yahoo site or whatever. So that's how it started. It didn't really start from, oh, I've got a grand plan, I'll start a website or whatever, and I'll do this and I'll do that. It was just almost like, if there'd have been blogs around at the time, it would probably have just been a blog. But in the end, your unplanned yeah. existence ended up with you starting a website. Yeah, but like, yeah, but when originally started, it was just like crap Yahoo site. It's just been through like no, like, but now, but it's, now, is it? It's called God is in the TV. God is in the TV zine dot co dot uk. Yeah, it's like it's been going nearly eight or nine years, and we get all the records from all the major labels, so they must value our opinion. We don't make any money out of it. <laughs> We're just like, purely driven by passion. But then I suppose that's where the PR comes in because I just try and make some kind of living out of it. So you do get quite a, quite a few hits to your site. We do, we do. And we've got, like... I think the strength of it as well is, like, the wealth of material we've got and also the fact that a lot of writers who probably wouldn't have had a chance to get their foot in the door or whatever past sort of student journalism level have sort of got their foot in the door and then gone on to yeah. what people would consider bigger things like Enemy or Quietus and or whatever, all these people. So you, but And you're in charge of that? Yeah. 
So you're you're at the moment you're you're sort of getting the horses, and then then they go on to the bigger stable. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's to be honest, I think that reflects well on what we're doing. I think it does, and I think that's a really open-hearted attitude to it because a lot of people. Obviously, like myself, I get bitter about. Yeah, this. obviously, you get a bit like, well, oh, you know, they've gone on to this and they've gone on to that. But at the end of the day, because the idea of the website, as it evolved, is probably shaped in my own image of. I like to have an idea of. It's not just one thing. It's not just a webzine. It can be a promotional thing. Yeah. So we've done nights. We've done, like the last. Got some of the flyers up there that I've done in the last. You know. That's uh, right. You're running six or seven years. You're whatever. running music nights. So I have done only occasionally, <laughs> not regularly, but we've done stuff in London, we've done stuff in Cardiff, so well, we have yeah. done stuff. We've also released a compilation, we released some like free singles or whatever. So what I'm trying to say is it became more of a sort of a name of an overarching thing, a bit like, it sounds pretentious when I say factory or whatever, but that idea that it doesn't have to be one thing it it's can not, be I don't think it's pretentious to, to, to name an excellent predecessor that you, you aspire to I mean no, that, what I'm trying to say that, is it started that, off that, as something very yeah. small and, and it's got and it's become yeah familiar. and more that you can really almost you don't really have any limits of what if somebody comes to you with an idea yeah. you almost don't really have any limits of, oh we're just a web scene we wouldn't do that you know don't really think like that just mm. if we believe in it we're going to do it like, you know, it's that kind of thing. Well, yeah, I think it's a very good thing. Sites like this should exist more. I think that we need to reclaim the media from the media, really. Yeah, in that, a way. That fans should be the ones who have a say about what bands become successful and big. For example, this is um, just a small little collection of <laughs> this week's mail. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's uh, pointing to, to a, a stack of <laughs> envelopes. Sorry. Envelopes Rec- sorry. with records in the envelopes. Well, that must that, that's a, a, a nice perk getting the records. Yeah, it is. The yeah. way I do it though right. is I post them all up, and then people go, "Oh, I want this or that," and then I'll send them to them wherever they live. So that is my main cost. Apart from that, I haven't really got a cost. Although, so okay, hosting. It's sort a of cost. fan. Re- so, you, yeah, is, is it's, your, like, is it's like an old side style fanzine online, basically. That's why we call ourselves a webzine rather than a blog, because there's a slight difference. You know, the, the webzine is more about passions and people who are interested in certain things rather than just this is my. Not decrying blogs, there's brilliant blogs out there, and I love blogs, but we are a slightly different thing where we're coming from more of a collective angle where. People are talking about their own passions, and it goes into a collective rather than just "here's my thoughts, here's me, and here's my personality." And if you don't like the personality, then you're going to go and click somewhere else. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Whereas this is more of a collection of things, rather so, like an old-style fanzine, really. I suppose that's what where the culture co- that it comes from. And was John Peel a big influence on what you're doing? Because he's 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 in the pic, he's in the logo. <laughs> Uh, he is, but I, I, he's the guy. I didn't create the, the logo, so I, but he's the I god think, in the TV. I, yeah, but I think what it is that goes hand in hand with we've had various different, along with having various different writers down the years. I mean, we've had hundreds of different different writers and stuff down the years, but as well as having that, we've had different designers who've had different ideas on yeah. logo, look of sight. Well, I think it's a good logo. Yeah, it's a it's a great logo, but I think it kind of started off as quite primitive where a guy had made like a logo for, a new logo for me because the original one was getting a bit on my nerves I thought, let's see that. 
God is in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It very, looked a bit uh, all over the place. Anyway. Old, old school punk. Yeah, writing. kind of, yeah. And it was like, it looked more like God the TV. It's, than, it's quite know. hard to... But yeah, so this guy know. redefined it for us and he sort of made, had the idea of, well, God is in the TV. It's a cynical kind of commentary on, you know, modern culture or whatever so let's incorporate it with like having like little rock stars in there as in they're the new gods you see what I mean it's a bit of a post-modern commentary now religion's dying out or whatever yeah. let's worship another god as in you know the, the, the god of you know icons or whatever it could, yeah. be, it could be anybody but yeah you just had like a scrolling icon and had like you know obvious ones like Kurt Cobain and all these different ones anyway yeah. but that's where the idea came from and then she just went oh just go for John Peel because he's a, he's considered a god. So that, but I mean John Peel, yeah. But you know, I I wasn't like a again. It's like a lot of these things they just evolve rather than yeah. yeah. Oh, this is the idea. You know, I'm not saying this, I'm not saying know. that you, you you're modelling it. No, there's no art, there's no, like this, that's the problem with I'm it. Just interested in how not so much the problem, but that is the way it rolls. It's like more of the evolution rather than like this is what we're going to do and we're going to do it now and this is how it's going to look. Do you know what I mean? It's not... If I tried to have that control over it, it would never work. Yeah, well... Because maybe. obviously I've got to have some control. I'm an editor, but sh- try and shift it in certain ways. It's more of a collective. Yeah. And in a, 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 within that, someone's going to have different ideas and they're going to go, oh, can we bring this to the table? Can we do this? Can we do that? You know, so it's more of a collective well, idea. I'm, I'm all for that. I've, I've tried to run, run collectives <laughs> in the past, though. It's quite a nightmare sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I suppose after you've been around for a while, it's sort of like a, a core of what you're, you are doing or what you do, you know, so I suppose. But on the other hand, we are very much into... A lot of people would say, oh, we're a bit of an indie guitar music website or whatever. But that's not really the case because if anybody, whatever music centre stuff, we listen to it and try and write about it. It's, it's just not, that indie people send you guys... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And obviously a lot of the people who do write for me are more guitar-orientated bass. But then maybe that comes from my personality as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm coming from that angle. Maybe they're coming from that angle more as well. Do you well, yeah. But I mean, I think... But that's nothing specifically wrong with that. But the kind of on the hand, do, we don't really have... We don't really... What I would say is we don't really have, like, things we wouldn't touch. Do you see what I'm saying? Whereas... Having done PR the last three years, I fa- or three or four years, as I found that there are certain magazines they won't, there's certain styles they won't touch, there's certain people they won't look at, and that is the other aspect I was going to come onto with the website is that our idea was to try and have and sign stuff in there as well, the small label stuff that yeah. a lot of the ma- bigger people wouldn't touch. That's one of the things so. I think is very uh, laudable about your site that you do have un- unsigned stuff. As an unsigned uh, musician, I'm. Always in favour of people. But what's the point in the the, what's the point in a site like ours if we can't do that? Exactly. No, absolutely. absolutely. Obviously, we try and cover like major label stuff because we get it sent to us. But or like bigger, bigger. Well, you shouldn't ignore any. No, we do as well. Is we do as much as we can. Most people do ignore unsigned. Yeah, we have an unsigned editor, which is quite rare. (laughs) And he like he's based in London. He's a he's a uh, in a band himself. Oh, I mean, he's actually. He's been on Six Music recently as well, plugging the website. Even though I didn't even know about it, he just went on there and got asked about it. Yeah, that's good. That's good because it's sharing the love, and it. I suppose as well, not so much that it's an ethos, but also obviously because if you're outside the mainstream media, you want to do something that's a bit different. Mm-hmm. We do like things that are a bit outside the norm as well. Yeah. So if it's a bit outside the norm, but you do you do have a lot of indie on your side. Yes. Now, yes. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not here to. No. I mean, no, I'm not here to. No, you're not here to, to cr- critique me. But and I, and I and I like 
some indie music. Mm. So I wouldn't want to completely write. No, you're genre. welcome to your opinion. You know, no, it like, it's not exactly my opinion. What I want to ask you oh, is. You're going to ask me a load of um, questions. It's not exactly loaded. <laughs> Do you think that indie music has anything new to say? Well, yeah, that, that's, that's a really difficult question, isn't it? You know? That's why, yeah. I, mm. I was aware it was a difficult question. Whether it has anything new... Does... I, I mean, that is... A, I mean, I think the way the scene is at the moment, I, thought, I suppose it reflects... A couple of things. I've been thinking about it lately. I suppose it reflects the sort of di- fragmentation of digital music mm. and also the fragmentation of influencers. Because if you think about it, nostalgia has come big back in. But people who especially consider themselves sort of in hip bands or cool bands or buzz bands or whatever, they'll sort of pick and choose the cool things. Oh, shoegaze, you know, here, bit of here, bit of, you know, new wave or whatever. And then the democratisation of digital has made it more fragmented even still. So you've got this fragmentation of influences and this fragmentation of distribution. Yeah. So I think that's where you've got this idea that whether music has anything new to say is kind of well, not really the point for them, for a lot of these people who are in bands. I, for me, it's the, a, lot of, a lot of it is the point. But I'm in a for, band and I, I think it's a, it is no, the point to a certain For extent. some people, I'm trying to say yeah. to you, is that that's true. what they're doing is it's more of a, a style thing almost. Yeah. And so what you're saying, I do agree with to an extent, but on the other hand, does that actually necessarily make what they're doing any less, well, wor- you know, less it's, worthwhile? It's interesting. I mean, I'm not really saying... I'm not really... I like a lot of indie music. Yeah. Um, I think... I have two problems with a, a lot of indie music, not with the best of indie music, but my two problems with indie music are... The voices that they use are annoying. The, the indie voice, the indie male singer Cliche, voice, yeah. is a real pose mm. that annoys me. And I'd much mm. rather, and good indie does this, mm. much rather hear their real accents mm. and their real authentic voices. And the other problem that I have with it is often the lyrics. Yeah. The, the music mm. itself, I generally I'm big on love. lyrics. I'm big on lyrics, personally. I, you know. But I think... <sighs> But it's the, the, the obnoxious... I understand your question, totally. But I think the problem is... or well, not so much the problem, but the strength of a webzine in particular is it's a collection of individual voices going into a collective. So, in fact, to turn it on, on its head a little bit, is if you were asking me that question, I could say, well, yeah, I agree. Personally, I agree a lot of what you're saying. I do agree. And there's a lot of people who are sort of trotting out very tired and derivative music. But, on the other hand of it, there's a lot of people who write about certain bands on my website who are really passionate about that. Yeah, And I, I respect that. I do. But on the other hand, I reserve my right to disagree with every single yeah, one of them. Well, absolutely. Well, music is a fussy but we, thing. What I'm trying to say is we don't have... That's what some bands don't understand. They'll have, a say, a negative, slightly negative review of us or something, and they'll say, oh, you all fucking hate us or whatever. And I'm like, well, no, actually, this guy's tr- took, an, like, took an it out of his own time for no money to give you an honest appraisal of what yeah, you're doing yeah, yeah. it's a personal opinion and it doesn't necessarily mean the whole site hates you what it is is it that that idea that you know that enemy idea comes from the enemy itself the fact that oh because they've got an editorial line oh we've all got to try and stick to this fake editorial line it doesn't exist personally I think once you try and 
guillotine off that editorial line and keep it all on, oh no, we can't give these guys a bad review, for example. The editor takes a specific line on a band. Yeah. And then they'll follow it through to the nth degree, you know, until the editor's gone off the, off the, yeah. off the, the magazine. Whereas our thing is more, because, for various reasons, because obviously we have editorial like slants but they're more driven by the writers as in say a band gets like 10 reviews or whatever over that course of that 10 reviews you can see the slant that it's going in rather than say oh no because that's a band we've loved in the past I can't publish that bad review bollocks to that I'll just republish it it's it, what I'm trying to say is more of a collection of individual opinions, yeah, right? there's, there's as no, in the old fanzine style. So you're saying there's no party line, really? To what no, obviously I have my opinions, and I do try and impose those because those are my opinions. And you're the editor, and I'm the editor, and I do try and you know pick those bands up the line. Like, but at the end of the day, I think that is the strength of it because, and obviously, a lot of it comes down to time constraints and stuff like that. I couldn't physically go through every single review and go, oh, does that fit in with the party line here? Do you know what I mean? people don't... Agree. And it's bollocks yeah. because it doesn't... It's disingenuous because you're basically censoring people and the whole point of the website is, or my website, is that you're not censoring people. You're yeah. giving them a platform. Otherwise, they could just go away and put, put it on their own blog or when they, a lot of them do, but, you know, it wouldn't have the impact that it does. No, I, 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 I quite you agree. see what I'm saying? I'm coming more from the fanzine place. No, no, I quite than, agree and I think that's a very Because that's point. what I used to read was fanzines. No, that's no, where I, I come from. I think that's good and I, I, I agree with all of that. And I'm really, but where, I'm, how does that relate to the... I'm not really... But going dredging back to the... Well, do, does India have... The what, only, what, what was the question again? Does India have anything new to say? Does India have anything new to say? But... The thing is, it's not it, even... It's not so much... It's not... Well, the, the question... The thing is, there is no... You could ask that question about, does music have anything you need to you say? You can. And also, I, I always... I, I always try to put it yeah. in the, the terms of, are you creating something that is individual rather than original? Yeah. Because original is... Where does music come from? It doesn't just drop from the sky. Everybody's influenced by something. I agree. With so you there is a there is a homage in everyone to an extent, even if they try and go, oh no no, I'm not copying that. One. I agree. With even you if they're rebellion against it, they're you know they're influenced by, aren't they? Because they're rebelling against it. But if you put your individual slant on it, those are my favourite bands. You can put their individual personalities and you can stamp it on them. And I agree with you that a lot of recent so-called name bands, or maybe some of the lot of the American bands or whatever, they're not so much about their personalities or the individual ideas they've got it's more about oh they're picking the cool, like I was back to you before picking the cool influences well, and a lot of them are British from about 20 years ago I so. do like a lot of indie bands I'm not coming from the point of view of mm. not liking them actually I mean I we grew up with mm. the first mm. wave of indie music or but the second maybe even the second but wave. it's weird because during that whole time Enemy and all that was saying oh it's a shit era for music music's dead blah 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 and then when you actually look back yeah. It was actually a fucking brilliant time to, I think be, it's, to be into music. I think that there is always good music yeah. and always bad music. And that's music. another thing, I think. But the media at the time didn't mm. highlight mm. the good mm. media. Mm. Now, I'm not even sure I if think that was the same, case for the 60s, I, I the think 70s, it's the same the to an extent now, probably even more. Yeah. Because of that fragmentation, it's even more like that now. No, I think that's probably true. And, and it depends when you say about music. original voices or not having anything new to say and stuff. Is that your perception, or is that, do you think, the reality? Well, here's how I feel about it. And what are you using as an example or a yardstick? Here's how I feel about it. I feel that there are always great bands and writers Mm. and songwriters who have something new to say Mm. inside every genre. 
There is that in, in, in everything. Yeah. I think musically the most innovative and interesting music that's being made now is R&B and hip-hop at the where it's becoming very weird and prog and it's going kind of embracing it's like David Bowie but it's also there's a lot of crap in that genre as well there there is crap in every genre Mm -hmm. but what I'm saying is that there are we are going I think commercial wise we're going through a lull in guitar music I definitely agree with that well I think the problem is it needs to be reinvented if it can be. Yeah, because it's a tight. If, we, it's a if we can't reinvent it, then that's fine. But people who make good music well, who I'm, choose to do it in that genre will still make. Well, a lot music. of time I spend my time doing is just listening to new bands and just like finding stuff I like. It's not really specifically whether I care about whether they're going to be the next big thing or whatever, or whether they're going to ever make it commercially. Yeah, well, that's, that's doesn't matter. I just like the music. I think that's how all people who like music yeah. feel. And also, no, I, nobody cares. I, you hear a brilliant piece of music, you don't care. I used, if it's right, I used to read The Enemy, I used to you read Q every month and all this kind of stuff. I've just, like, the last probably 10 years or whatever, I don't read any of those things anymore. Probably because I am, I get a lot of the stuff they get, and I get a lot of the music they get. And I don't want to be even, like I was talking about influences from bands and stuff, I don't even want to be influenced negatively to go, oh, you know, because they've given them a good review, I'm going to back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just want to be, like, away from it. Obviously, I've got an idea and a semblance of what's going on, because I'm in music, but yeah. I don't, like, slavishly read, oh, who's the enemy, you know, who are the enemy living this week or whatever. I don't care about any of that anymore, because I just think, I don't even want to be, it's like, it's like bands who say, oh, I don't listen to music when I'm making my new album, because I don't want to be even subconsciously yeah. ripping up them off or whatever. It's like Michael Slope used to say that. Yeah, I a, few, a, a few But um, a few It's a similar thing, because you just, you just don't want to, like... Obviously, I read journalism, but most of it is online, and it's most of it's blogs and stuff like that, and like other, my writers and whatever, or other people. In terms of, like, the mainstream media, I just feel like a bit of an outsider, really, and I'd rather stay that way, because I just think, well... Do I even want to be influenced negatively, like where they'd be bigging up a band I absolutely hate? And I know I'd, vicious, I'd viciously, <laughs> if I read all the coverage or whatever, I'd probably be viciously vehemently against them. Whereas I just want to make my own mind up based okay. on the music. That's an, that's an interesting point. So, okay, I'm a musician, <laughs> right? And you're a music journalist. Ooh. Doesn't that make us enemies? Question. It's not. A, I'm not saying I think it we are enemies. Should enemies I'm representing some people would think that but personally I don't really think that I mean disclaimer I'm fine with music journalists I'm a big fan of a lot of them and I think that they play an important role however the difference between a person on the street and a member of the media Mm. is reach of their opinion Mm. so if you come to my gig and you're a member of the public and you Mm. don't like my music well that's fine you're not then interfering with other people who might like it and yeah. telling them not to go near it, and also although the process has been democratised a little bit, blogs. Yeah, it, I, well, so. I, I do agree with that. Mm. Well, it's been democratised, which is good and bad in some ways. Because blogs, just because a blog likes you necessarily. I mean, I've been you know a lot of the blogs. I've been doing some Scottish bands, like helping them promote themselves and stuff in Scotland and stuff. And a lot of the Scottish blogs is sort of like one of them doesn't like you, then they all they all take against you. Yeah, kind of. Well, but I suppose that's the media a lot of it. But, but this is this is I think media is just a natural way that human beings act. Yeah. It's just an ultimate extension of that. Mm. Now the problem I have generally with the media is that it's not controlled by the people, it's controlled by people with money. Mm. That's why I'm all in favour of things like God is in the T V Z, right? Yeah. But what I'm getting at is that whether you're a zine or a blog 
or a or a newspaper or a TV programme, you are still, if you broadcast your opinion, mm. having an influence on mm. people. I get hundreds of emails every month saying, please, 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 can you review our music? Yeah, I would be the kind so of person who begging for a critical, you know, opinion. And also, because we're not really... But we're just like everyone, we're looking for love, but we're yeah. also scared. <laughs> yeah, but we're <laughs> we, not... Like, we, we I think a lot us. of music yeah. journalism, or as entertaining as it is, yeah, and I love Charlie Brooker, and I love mm-hmm. these people. A lot of that, or Melody Maker, going back to the nineties, whatever. A lot of that is like ego-driven journalism. Some of it is great art, though. Never forget that. No, no. I mean, I just said to you as much as I yeah. love these people. I mean, there's like for, from what Les, I'm trying to Les say. Bangs, Paul Morley. Yeah, I think. No, I was just going to give you a different. John Harris, he's a great. Yeah, and we've got we've got some writers who write in that style. But personally, that's not my style. And it's also, it's not the style of, say, for example, again, going back to him, my unsigned editor, the reason I'm going back to him is because he gives a critical appraisal rather than... Obviously, his personality's in it. Music is subjective at the end of the day. Like, anything you write is going to... Some of your personality is going to seep into it, isn't it? Yeah. So, at the end of the day, I'm not saying it's, like, totally, you know... He, he hasn't got any personal... Or, you know, his own personal opinions. Of course, there's personal opinion in it. But he is trying as much as he can to give a constructive and critical yeah, yeah, yeah. review because, it, especially at the unsigned or small label artist level, that is what they're looking for because they want to not so much they want to know oh if we change that here that he said there or whatever. Or, obviously, they're just going to carry on doing their own thing. But it's nice to have that like critique of your work rather than somebody going oh I had chips the other day and then you know I um I, I slung on the new album by uh, Bonzo you know. Super dog band or whatever, and then I, uh, you know, I did this. You know what I mean? It, it's rather more about them. It's kind of more about them. Oh, as entertaining as that is, and as much as I love it, Lester Bangs. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say is there are different writers who have different styles. Yeah. Obviously, it's I, nice to put a bit of that in, but to do it, especially on a webzine where you've got limited time and people are very limited of what, how not, long they look. I'm not at. saying you got you. You guys should be like them. I mean, I was. Just what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, and, and what I'm trying to say is that. The Everyone has different styles. Yeah. We've got different people who do different styles. There are people who will try and do that. Well, bit I, more. Think, I think. Well, I think. I think. I think Charlie Brooker there. is one of the best journalists I, I like to read. But at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is, for what we're doing, especially in the unsigned small label kind of area, is that relating it back to what you're saying about they might be pissed off or whatever. What we're trying to do is give them a, like an honest, critical, personal opinion. Yeah, but I, I think the thing is. As a look, as a, well, I think that's more worthwhile. Though. As an unsigned, especially if you write about an unsigned band. I mean, why would you want to go in there and go? No, no, well, I completely know, agree. It's my ego. Yeah, for well, two pages and then oh, a little bit about oh, this oh, band yeah, no, I no, listened no, 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 to no, no, the no. other day. I was Rrr. never meaning to. As entertaining as it is, and as much as I love it, it's my, it's probably my favorite kind of journalism in a way. But on the other hand, I do think there's a place for that kind of journalism as well. That's more sort of critical well, critique. I mean. I wouldn't agree with you that... But there's a balance between entertainment and well, critique as well. I wouldn't agree with you that any of those journalists uh, have that percentage of ego compared to the, no. the percentage of constructive criticism. I think no, I agree, I agree with really, that. I'm, 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 I'm exaggerating to make a point. Yeah, but I, think, <laughs> I think what you do is good. I think that the thing is, as an unsigned artist at the moment, I... Well, look, everybody hates criticism. 
but it's important. Yeah. You get it? And it can be entertaining as well. It can yeah, be entertaining. When it's, look, when it's positive feedback, mm. it's great, and mm. it gives you a massive ego boost. Yeah, yeah. And when it's negative feedback, <laughs> it's terrible, but it's important. Yeah. You need to have that pain. Yeah. As an artist, mm. you need to have that pain. Well, I think but there's a slight difference between trashing something and being... Like constructive critical criticism. I think that you. But then I, there's a balance between. I don't think what your job for is entertainment and your job isn't necessarily to offer constructive criticism to the band, though. I think it's really nice that that is. No, your about aim. the music, about the music. Yeah, to, but that isn't, I wouldn't say that's our aim. I'm just saying that's one style that's of writing. That's one thing that happens within one arm of yeah of what we do. But I mean, your job. Obviously, is there's to, a lot of entertainment. But your service well. is your services to the audience. Yeah, I mean, entertainment. I, I think you're massively important. I think the music press is massively important, not because I support the media, and not because I think that it shouldn't be broken down into like lots of smaller sort of groupings, but because there is so much out there yes. that we need some filters. Goes back. We, it we goes back to what I was talking about. Listen, and if you're a fanzine as well, um, let me up, let me be quite honest. I mean. A lot of it is picked up on. People or writers will pick up on what they like. Yeah, absolutely. And so the majority of stuff that will be on our website is stuff that people like. And that's not because we're afraid of being critical. That's because, like you said, there's such a wealth of stuff out there. It's like, and we do get a lot, a lot of shit that we don't even make, doesn't even make review, you know, to be blunt. But at the end of the day, people will pick out stuff they like. And that is probably a slight flaw in, as much as I try, as much as some of like, my main members of staff will r- try and write about the main releases. And if, if they don't like it, they will be brutally honest. And they're not afraid of that. And they're not told by any, any of these PR or label people that, oh, you know, if you give us a bad review, that's not the point. And it's the same with me now I've gone into PR. I don't care. Well, I do care what the review is. But at the end of the day, a review or coverage is coverage, you know? And at the end of the day, that is what your job is. Obviously, you'd like nice coverage. Yeah, some of it can coverage. make or break careers. There's, com- there's complications. Especially for a smaller, smaller. In the way it works. You'll get a lot of bands who sort of, they don't really understand you know, it, and they will just get violently aggressive. And yeah. we've had that a lot. Like, the most... I'm the, sure you do. The yeah. most, like, say, going back over seven years or whatever, at the moment, we have, we've like only recently moved to a new site, so the whole... Uh, archive, which is probably a lot of our strength, isn't actually uploaded yet. But by the by, I mean a lot of the reviews that we've had the most response to are like one-star reviews of like whole arguments about people saying this or people saying that, you know. And a lot of it is just well, there's no silly, sense. but there isn't at the end of the day, it's music is subjective and passionate, exactly. and people at the end of the day, I totally understand that. If you're related to the band or if you're a fan of the band, then you're going to reply and say, and you want to have your right to reply, and that is the whole point of a fanzine, is to have the right to reply. You have to reserve the right to totally disagree with it, and I do as well, and I'm the editor. So. What about you, you the that. Cardiff scene? We're in Cardiff <laughs> now, we're recording in, in your flat. Yeah. And uh... Some would say, what scene? <laughs> Some would say it's a collection of individuals who bestride the whole thing well, cause we control we, the whole thing when we were younger teenagers there used to be more there of was a, a moment where whales had a scene super furry animals super furry animals Sacra, stereophonic catatonia catatonia um, and then the manics got enveloped but in that even though they it's a bit like we were talking about bands as well looking back if you think about it it was a bit there was some brilliant stuff. Don't get me wrong. I love the Super Fury Animals, and I love I like the Manics. I've always been a Manics fan. But um, looking back, in a way, again, 
there's a bit of a media concept. There's a couple there. of good songs because a lot of those, a lot of those bands, band, yeah, because a lot of those bands aren't even from Cardiff, are they? No, about it. no, that's right. Well, the Stereophonics weren't from Cardiff. They were from. And if you think about it, you look at a lot of um, so-called music, um, you know, movements or whatever. A lot of them are just manufactured. But they're in, all, they're inside someone. They they're inside to, music journalism, journalist's head. You always used to see them walking around town. Yeah, place. Gruff, Gruff. Yeah, you've yeah, seen yeah, him. Yeah, well, like I saw James Dean Bradfield once yeah. in the street. He's always in chapter. I know. He's always in chapter now. I couldn't remember so what manic he was. <laughs> But I didn't speak to him, but I was confused. But you weren't, you weren't really a big Maddox fan. No, I'm, I'm still so. not a Maddox fan. But I think the, the thing about the Maddox is, a lot of it, is, like I was trying to explain to somebody, which they didn't really understand what I was trying to say, is that a lot of it is that actually wasn't really about the music. A lot of it was about their ideas that were just outside of the fact that um, they were sort of tackling like political, philosophical... I know you could call that pretentious. Of course it's pretentious. But at the end of the day, at least they were trying to take themselves out of that or we're just a few guys in a band. Do you know what only, I mean? I, mean, I think it's only pretentious if it doesn't work. I mean, if you can. It didn't you, always work with them. No, I agree. Sometimes, sometimes. It <laughs> but at least they were made to make themselves. They were. Well, I think with the Manix as well. I think a lot of it. I was thinking about it before. I mean, a lot of it is the music you get into when you're young. Yeah. Is what stays with you. Yeah. When you're like 13, 14. I think. And I true. think I got into the Manix big style like around everything must go and stuff yeah. and then I went back to all their old stuff and I was like oh man this really like this hits a chord with me personally See, uh, ev- and ever since then I've been fond of them but maybe my fondness a lot of it is to do with shared history everything must go aromatics right they did design for life around that time and I used to find that really depressing because everybody would be in metros or yeah, wherever yeah, 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 and they'd be really really drunk and they'd all be holding each other around yeah. each other's arms singing we don't talk about love but, we only want to get that, drunk that's the irony of the song yeah. is that they don't understand but when I went the to lyric see, but that's the point when I it? went to see the Simpsons the movie double right? dichotomy the, you know the Simpsons movie has that joke where they're like you've paid loads of money to get into this because ah, it's just mm. an overlong episode of the Simpsons and they say it to you and they mm. make it explicit that you're being ripped mm. off mm. that just pissed me off mm. and I, I get pissed off by the, by the, by the Manic's irony in that like mm. But to him, that was in his defence of the, the working class culture or whatever. It's but not a defence of the working class. His, his. It's a critique but of the working class. It's a criticism it, of the working it's, it's class. It's a, a few things bundled up, but I agree with you. There's a critique of the working class. and there's it's also like but he, tricking them into singing. No, what I'm trying to no, say is that making them he, he, he comes from that background. He does, doesn't mean so, that he isn't doing it. No, no, I agree. But he's... I agree with you there's a critical element of it there's an ironic element but there's also a defence of the fact that just because you're working class doesn't make you stupid but there's an irony in the fact that like you said all these people who would have probably kicked the manics in back in the day when they were wearing you know eyeliner or whatever they would have shinned them in if they'd seen them down the street Mm -hmm. they're all singing along to it because it had that sing-along element to it as well so it is a bit of a dichotomy that song and I do agree but it is one of their finest moments the problem I have (laughs) when when they say libraries gave us power Mm -hmm. they're talking about themselves and they're sort of positioning themselves as whilst that is a very powerful and very Mm -hmm. well written line the whole song is very well written and has very p- powerful yeah. slogans in it's that 
the, the verses are looking down on the working classes and then the choruses are mocking the working classes. Now, I agree that you can see it another way. But, but uh, is that him felt, just saying... That's how is he that, seeing those no, people No, no, I, I mean, I think there is an element of that. There? But there's also an element of that's how other people, you know, see working class people. Do you see what I'm saying? That's how other people, uh, like, say, somebody in the middle or an upper class or whatever, in the 90s or whatever, would have said, oh, you know they're just getting drunk and getting pissed or whatever because it's sort of a tabloid view. You see what I'm saying? He's setting it up almost as an example of a critique that somebody else... Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, somebody it's, else it is a there. very complicated text and it's a very complicated song. So I'm and I think it's good. Um, I agree, there's a um, lot of... But it just That line itself is very... It just made me really yeah. sad because watching people... There may, be an element, there may be a grain of truth where he's actually attacking his own... Well, of course what, there is, and watching, he's mocking them. In watching a way. people drunk and watching, but you, I, I don't know. Well, you don't understand the manics. Actually, t- I tell you what, maybe I'm being um, superior. No, no, it's, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. No, maybe I am being superior because maybe I'm looking at people and I'm thinking this is sad because they're really drunk and they're not talking about love no. and they're singing these words when they could be singing where they could be talking to each other and feeling something but isn't that, and actually maybe they're expressing but in a way isn't that the power of a, yeah, isn't yeah. that the way the power of a pop song right? well maybe they are, that's the way that they're expressing love and who am I to fucking judge them I mean maybe that's the case maybe I've just had a weird little moment on this podcast where I've learned no, that my attitude towards the, 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 the manic, life is the manics are snobby don't get me wrong I mean yeah. I've, like I've said to you, my, my love for them is probably bound up in like emotion and hist- history and stuff like that. Yeah. But on the other hand, there are aspects of their you know there are aspects of their back catalogue I love, and there are aspects of their ideas I love. But the thing about the Manics is that it's very complicated about them. Is they were almost like a bit like New Order, Joy Division, where they were almost like two different bands almost. Yeah, but they're not as good as either of those bands. In my no. in my personal opinion, that's the, the no. Point. But then they've been around for a lot. See. Joy Division were only around. For, do you know what I mean? It's a very. See, this is something I find. It's very a comparison. It's a. It's a. It's a, it's a comparison. A little of a lazy comparison, but also it's it's a comparison. That one of the only ones you can make re- relative time. You know. This is something I find quite interesting. I mean, this this program that I'm doing, getting better acquainted. I mean, the idea is to get myself into a position where I listen to other people's opinions and I respect them, and I. And I don't challenge them too much. No, that's fine. But music <laughs> is so hard not yeah. to just come back with yeah, these yeah, like yeah, kind yeah. of yeah, but it's not yeah, as good it's as personal. It's personal. But I, I'm not surprised that people have have a crack at the Manics because I think they're totally contradictory. And to be honest, they haven't done a good album for like ten years. <laughs> so I totally agree. You can no, critique them, that. and I critique them all the time. But at the end of the day, because they meant something to me when I was a kid. That's probably why I'll always defend them. I like Even though I do agree that probably a lot of my defence of them is probably bound up in emotion and history. Well, and stuff. I think nearly all but bands I was, have, have some good songs in them. And yeah. I like um, Motorcycle Emptiness. That's their definitive statement. You like that but the too. thing is, the thing is, though, I keep getting told you'd be surprised. People, you'd be that's surprised. the wrong song to like. No, no, no. no, no, no. That's, that's, that's my favourite. That's, that's my favourite manic song. Okay, but the thing it. is, at the end of the day, the, like I was going to go on to when I made my really clunky comparison between New Order, Joy Division, blah blah. What I was trying to say is they were almost like two different, totally, totally different eras. Yeah, that's true. And that that's was my fair. comparison. I wasn't trying to say that they were like you know the same because that's. Totally crap, but, you know, but no, what I'm trying to say is that right. when he died, they yeah, changed. they became a different band. And the same but thing happened then, with New Order. If you think about it logically, 
if you lost one of your best friends, wouldn't you change a bit? When you shouldn't, you, shouldn't they have changed the name in a way? Because mm. I think one of the mistakes they made is not changing the name. When Joy Division changed the new order, the fans accepted it. Yes, but a lot I was going to come orig- on to this. Original but the old fa- fans the o- hate the new what I, stuff. What and they can't accept a lot of thing. old Manic fans who maybe listen to this or may not be would probably be cheering when you were saying about the Design for Life thing because a lot of them just can't accept anything after the Holy Bible anyway. Yeah, yeah that's right. So. At the end of the day, I'm a bit different because I sort of straggled two eras because I got into the Manics off the Everything Must Go thing and then I got into their old, older stuff and then I loved the older stuff as well. So I kind of straddled the two. And when I went and saw them in 99, Millennium or whatever, it was absolutely horrible. It was, like you said, I mean, I'm put in mind of a... Not just, I'm not really a big fan of Food Fighters or whatever, but Dave Grohl was on a documentary recently talking about the Food Fighters and stuff and he said... When I was in Nirvana and when we just started getting really big, all these jocks started coming to our gigs yeah. and stuff. And they were the people who wanted to fucking kick our heads in well, when we used to play this music. So what happens is, is, once you get to a critical mass of being a big band, that's what happens is that your so-called alternative or credible thing... Because people forget that when Richie was in the Manics, the Manics weren't a very big band. They sold 26,000 albums. He was in, you know, a mental institution in Cardiff, very well-known one, <laughs> which <Witcher. laughs> What he couldn't get his head round, I think, was that people were obsessed with him. Obviously because of his... He was a very pretentious person, and obviously a lot of his act was an act. But at the end of the day, a lot of it was for real as well. Yeah. And I think what he couldn't get his head round with him, and probably made it worse, and probably one of the reasons why... Didn't he, was he the one who, who carved for real? Was that yeah, him? Richie, yeah. It was him. The... the what he couldn't get his head around was a lot of people were obsessed with him and he was like well we haven't really okay artistically we've made some statements and stuff and we've done some good stuff and whatever like you said motorcycle emptiness holy bible it's his like fucked up um, basically it's nihilistic and I can't really relate to it because I've never been a real nihilistic person but as a piece of work it's really stark and one of the 90s kind of you know what people would put up there as a seminal album or whatever but in terms of sales figures, they'd fucking sold hardly anything. And I think a lot of that was about, you know, a lot of, for him, he had people, yet he had all these people who were, like, obsessed with him and copy everything he did and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I knew someone. So how, how, how do you compute story. that if you've got a mental illness? No, no, I agree. I think that's kind of what, part of what set him up. <laughs> well, I, I think that's a, that's a very interesting assessment of it. I mean... I think this is often the case with a lot of the musicians who killed themselves. Oh, I think like he Kurt heard Cobain some of the... And I think he heard some of the early... Ian Curtis. Yeah. And I think he heard some of the early takes of Everything Must Go stuff and he realised that they were going to be a big band and he wouldn't be able to cope with that. Well, maybe. I mean, that's an interesting... That's my opinion. It's an interesting... But then I've also got an opinion that he... He had this idea, like you were saying, about only having a certain shelf life, never getting old, being in a band although they carried on yeah. now, which is a total contradiction but he had all this idea of people like Sylvia Plath yeah, yeah. people like um, so I like Sylvia Plath yeah people like people like uh, you know whoever <laughs> you know uh, who wrote um, what's his name I'm trying to think of the book now Catherine the Rye um, J.D. Salinger yeah he wrote one book and became this recluse yeah and so it's that idea of having a very Neil Young you know better to burn out and fade away and all that kind of stuff yeah. it's that idea of leaving in a, an artistic I, I die before I get old yeah and it's like leaving an artistic to want to a better word a good looking corpse yeah. <laughs> but that's all tied in with all that 
you know, rock well, that, and roll myth shit. I think that opinion, but then yeah, that point of view is bullshit. Of course, it's bullshit. But then what I'm trying to say is that there's an also a, a theory, or maybe I've just made the theory up, that maybe he just couldn't handle the whole thing, you know, and that was his idea that you could only, you know, and he just wanted to disappear after yeah. that. Yeah, well, that's it's an idea. An it's another theory. Yeah, no, it's a good theory. I'm not saying any of them are true, but they're just a couple of theories I'm throwing. Well, that's anyway. well, that's what you do. Anyway, that's what elsewhere. <laughs> well, that's what music and uh, music journalists but should do. They should. It's funny you bring up motorcycle emptiness because that's one of my favourite songs uh, of theirs. Because it was as pretentious as it is, and I've had arguments with people saying, "Oh, I hate the man because they're really pretentious and blah blah blah." But what they don't seem to fail to understand is that. A lot of the bands, like when me and you were growing up, a lot of them were very boring. Mm-hmm. They had no ideas, uh, intellectual ideas beyond. And I think that's where the Manics partly appealed. Obviously, the songs as well, but partly appealed to me was that they had ideas of. They going back to the whole Smiths thing of, you know, he introduced his his fans into like Oscar Wilde, blah blah blah. You know, into more of an intellectual. You know, Alan Bennett. You know plays yeah, yeah. Uh, what it is, is it, as pretentious as it is, is it's what you're doing is sort of becoming a conduit for your fans to get into something that's a bit more than just four chords or whatever you're trying to take as pretentious as it is which it is you're trying to take ideas and give them you know books you like or whatever etc and give them something that's a bit more and I think that's tied up with um, the design for life thing is the idea that your libraries gave us power exactly and I think the idea that your um not all working class people are stupid and deserve to be written off and deserve to have all the pits closed, etc., etc., all that. And what you can actually do is find an escape through intellectual. Well, yeah, I think um... that that's why coming. That's why probably understanding the Manic's history a bit is to understand that song a bit better. Well, I think in a way, I mean, I I don't know the Manic's that much, but I think that if it's like if you want to understand Joy Division you have to understand Manchester exactly. and I think if you want to understand the Manics you probably have to understand South Wales exactly which is the good thing about the Manics because relating it back to what we were talking because I think we've gone totally off the topic of <laughs> the Cardiff scene but relating it back yeah. to that I mean at the end of the day at least you can feel a bit of the Welshness about them whereas some of the so called Welsh bands like you were saying Stereophonics or whatever it's a total like I would call them a sort of more of um, you know a cynical well thing. I think their first album which had a couple of good songs of course was written about not their, bad. the village that they grew up in right and the rest of their shit was mm. just cocaine and rock and roll mm. and that's bullshit and there's, but then you, there's nothing you behind could, it no there's nothing but then behind it they're not the only band are they no no um, no, no, no I mean I, uh, thinking about Oasis I mean I think a lot of it is Oasis definitely did that Oasis, Oasis definitely a did lot of it is, is once you move out of if, especially if you're a working class band and, and what your means of what I'm trying to say is the Maddox means of escape is books and theorists and films yeah. etc these other bands like Oasis whatever the cigarettes only, and alcohol cigarettes alcohol drugs and rock and roll yeah. rock and roll star yeah. basically is some but, their, their first album is a manifesto but that's why but the problem it, when that's it's why all, they're better than the yeah, stereophonics but the problem is <laughs> oh no I definitely agree with that stereophonics are fucking dreadful yeah. they always were I saw them when they were nothing and they were shit anyway but yeah, I mean yeah. that's by the by but what I'm trying to say is I they were lumped into yeah. that Welsh scene yeah. and to me although I agree with you the first album does have 
roots in a Welsh thing. It's got maybe two good songs. They're, as, they're a, not as, that good. as a you know South Wales band, to me, I don't really identify with them. That's what I'm trying to say. No, I mean they were a band that I liked when I was a teenager and grew up. I would always identify because I was Welsh the right music. Age to Welsh me. music. Okay, it was a bit different in the Britpop era because it was a bit more like everyone was trying to be a bit more you know for the centre ground or whatever. But what I always identified Welsh music was stuff that was a bit more idiosyncratic and probably um, Super Furries and Gorkies bands like that. To me, they were more of an aspect of what Welsh music or you know culture was coming from because those people are a slightly bit more you know outside of everything yeah. do you know what I mean and the, the genres are just a bit more like hazy and stuff and, and, we, and at the moment though there is no Welsh scene as no well. at the moment it's controlled by a few people who they have this um, festival here every year which is a bit like a bit of an in, in the city thing so what's it called the big soon uh, soon huh? like, festival okay. which although is a good idea technically because it brings some good bands here a lot of them buzz bands I might add <laughs> who aren't always that good like Vaccines and people like that last year or Marine and the Diamonds and things like that they it, did one good song what happened is <laughs> I think with that like everything it. else it becomes sort of an industry thing and it's controlled by a very few people tastemakers who I won't name because it's obvious but um, to a lot of people um, <laughs> It's controlled by a very few people. What started out as a good thing, I think, is sort of strangled off a lot of other individual or independent promoters in the, in yeah. the city. And what's happened is it's become a bit more fragmented, where only a couple of people have got control over all the, the band, a lot of the bands who are booked. And also another problem with promoting... I've done a bit of promoting around here. It's very expensive to promote here. The venues are, strangle off anybody, a lot of them. I won't say all, because that'd be wrong. But a lot of the main venues strangle off anybody who wants to do put on a night, say reasonably cheaply, yeah. put on a few bands, and wants to pay the bands a few quid or whatever. Because what they do is they charge so much that it's not feasible. It's quite hard to run run nights in uh, in London. I've done that a True. couple of times. I'm not. I'm but not but saying actually, Cardiff is the only place. No, but but I, I think actually, it's more expensive. I actually here. think it's more expensive <laughs> here. More expensive and here. I, I actually also think it's harder to get gigs in Cardiff. Yeah. When I we it were is. when I was in a band in Cardiff, a young teenage band in mm. Cardiff trying to trying to uh, get gigs it was well hard for us to get gigs if you're, it should have look been at hard way, for the look grassroots way. to it get it relates gigs back to what nothing. I'm saying about there's only a few people in control if your face doesn't fit if you don't know the right people you're not going to get anywhere that's probably true but maybe in you'll Cardiff. be the, maybe you'll be the right people eventually <laughs> yeah still, I mean and that'd be I, great I'm somebody I'm only an occasional promoter I'm not bad mouth in any particular venue because I've had Think shit about that before when I put it on Facebook that you know I'm bad mouthing this venue. I'm but no, it's not that. It's partly probably because I'm not exactly well off either, really. That I can't put a lot of nights on, so it's not venues pricing me out per se. But they are very expensive, and that's all of them. I'm not talking about Welsh club yeah. specifically or Buffalo or any of them. They're all in that game. That's very expensive. And for me, because I like to do something that's slightly different, obviously I like to put local bands on, but I like to put on um, out-of-town bands as well. Yeah. So what happens is, if you put on an out-of-town headliner, that's 150, uh, then the, the venue's about the same, and then, basically, you've got hardly any chance of even paying bands. So, so you, do you pay bands? If I have the money, yeah. I pay the bands. Yeah. Well, that's what I've always done. Mm. When I've run nights, it's like, if we get the money... Because I, I think... Get- the band should be the person who gets paid first. Do you pay In fact, personally, if it was up to me, they get paid before the venue. 
because they're the ones bringing people in but you can't do that because you have to pay the venue exactly do you think that the bands obviously you've got to pay some man some man needs pay okay yeah yeah. fair play but it's the extras well they're getting all of the drinking aren't they they're making money from the the thing anyway But, 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 but the other question that I would have is do you pay all the bands equally or do you take numbers on the door and pay according to the percentage of who brought who um I've done both. The problem is, myself, is that I've done various gigs, and because it's such a strange place to promote Cardiff, I've done some gigs where there's been hardly anyone there, and I've done some gigs where there's been a lot of people there. All the time, I've always done my any money I've made, I've just given to the bands, yeah, and split it equally. Obviously, if there's a headliner and you've booked them and you gone through a booking agency or whatever then you have to, then pay, you have to pay them yeah. their booking fee and often because they're coming from wherever well, you've got to pay travel yeah and the, the supports a lot of the time they're happy not getting paid because they're, they're alright because they're they just want a gig yeah and it, all it is is just going down the road for them it's not as much obviously you'd like to pay them as well yeah but if you don't make the money you can't can you so I think that's reasonable what you're saying because I'm only occasional promoter I only put on stuff I like and also I've got a very different taste although you may you may think it's very indie <laughs> by your other question because <laughs> I've got different tastes and stuff and I have put on different stuff the nights can vary from being nobody there to a lot of people there I mean I put on a couple of like you know I mean I've put on a couple of like punts I put on like a Canadian folk artist or whatever there was hardly anyone there but then why did I expect there to be anyone there so there's a bit of naivety in some of the promotions I've done but at the end of the day you do live and learn don't you so I've done other ones but then I, what I'm trying to say is that I've done stuff where it's been packed out in Cardiff and you've still lost money well yeah there is always that so so, that yeah. doesn't make sense does it really no no it doesn't <laughs> and, and the problem with being a promoter as well as I find is that anything goes wrong it's your fault which I understand why because at the end of the day it is your responsibility do you promote but, like the big thing that a lot of us say in the bands mm. um, is promoters who don't promote well they don't I, I promote try they just, a lot of the people that you meet in the I industry I try my best you, th- th- what they do is they book you they don't book you on a night where you fit with any of the other bands yeah. and then they don't promote the night they just tell you you need to bring 50 people and then and, and they're people who work in as promoters I'm just an occasional yeah. promoter as long as you're <laughs> I, I put a lot of effort into it because obviously I'm putting my money on the line I'm so not you're I mean, it's not to me it's not a job so I'm do you know what I mean? You're, you're there are people there. who are in-house promoters who are doing a night every week, and that's they what they'll do for you. Are the worst. Yeah. But I, when I've been a promoter, because I'm not saying I haven't run nights and promoted, I've always tried to do the most I can to yeah, promote yeah. the. Yeah, I do. Even if I just, find though a lot I've of it. I've walked round whole areas mm. of London and leafleting. Yeah. Um, and not and uh, putting posters up in the hope that I've done all that. In, and it didn't get an audience. Flyers. I've got to be honest time. with you though. I've got to be honest with you. I've done a lot of flyer in my time, and to be honest, it hardly works these days. No, I don't it's, think it a does. lot of it's online. Yeah. But I put a heck of a lot of effort into online. Well, you've got and because good, I've got the contacts. Yes, yeah, you've got I a can, good network yeah. for promotion online. You know, it's very hard for me to just stick something on my yeah. Facebook page. Or this is why I've gone into PR. That's why I've gone to PR because I realise you've got a platform, and I know a lot of journalists, so I'm lucky. Yeah, no, it's good, and I'm quite good at it. But like going back to another question, you were saying about integrity is that I do try and keep those two things separate because you could be accused of, say, for example, say the ban your PRing and they ended up in your website, or whatever, and you give them a good review, or whatever, it looks dodgy. So I try and keep the two things separate. Do you know what I mean? 
if they get reviewed in my website, I don't tell anyone I'm PRing for them. I just let them, I just let the writer take it up on their own. I don't get involved in it. Do you know what I mean? I try and keep those two things because I think that is important integrity. Otherwise, you look a bit like you're taking money yeah, for yeah, good reviews and coverage. I would never do that. The last question, I guess, before I, I get to the the actual last question, that I always end with: okay. Do you make a living from this? Sometimes and sometimes not. That is kind of my thing I struggle with. So do, you, do you have to take day jobs as well, or sometimes? Sometimes and also, yeah, struggle sometimes. Yeah. Definitely, money wise. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it as like you know, if you want to make loads of money, go into the music or do what I do. But because it, what what, what I was going to go back to is like when I've done jobs I've hated. Of course, I've done jobs I've hated in the past and stuff like that. And I've always made a pro- I kind of made a promise to myself at some point. It's probably when I went back and did my degree and stuff. Because I would never. D- of course, you couldn't do. I've done stuff I hate since then, like working on that. But I never do. I'd never do it like a day job that I'd absolutely despise because I realised that it was just not for me, and I wasn't cut out for it in various ways. And that's why I'm kind of trying to set my own business. And I'm, I, you would say I am doing a business, but I've sort of recently taken on my friend and we're setting it a proper business like. And trying to get into like a business PR wise, the business side of it, because I recognise the website probably is more of a labour of love than a, you know, way of making hundreds of. You know, not that that's my again, not that that's my um, goal, but yeah, I mean, uh, as for actually, you know, uh, surviving, not very easily, but you know, um, then maybe maybe if I was more materialistic. I'd probably be more concerned about it. Do you know what I mean? As long as I can actually survive, I don't really. Well, you're doing it for the love, and yeah. as long as you get to do but that. If I was more, what I'm trying to say is, if I was more like based around what th- things I have or want. Yeah. Whereas what I, I've got a lot of well, creatively. You get, you're getting all your CDs. Yeah, reading, creatively, so. musically, yeah. <laughs> like I've got a lot of what I want. I'm lucky, really. So, in that respect, I'm very lucky. And I, if I, but if I was more, what I'm trying to say is, I have more materialistic. Where, obviously, I do recognise that there has to be some kind of end game in terms of money wise so that's why I'm trying to go more down the bit like trying to get a business aspect to what I do yeah. but I need help with that because I am more of a creative the thing is I, with me is I've always found the creative side of it very not easy but quite um, comes naturally maybe you need to find a business very, yeah I've got a bit I, I'm, I'm training her she's like better at the business than I am but I'm training her up on the PR, basically. Well, that's good. That's so a good combination. We're, we're, we're getting... We've got our business cards. We've got everything going, so... Good, good. Well, that leads me on to the last question, which is, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Do I have anything I'd like to plug? Yeah. I've got a podcast, a very primitive one that needs work, as Dave has told me, as Dave has commented, and he's probably very right. But um, well, yeah, I'm, have I'm, a listen to that. I, I would wouldn't never um, comment and not and not ag- agree that my podcast also need work. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Saying no, no. That. I mean, um, you know, it's very valid. I mean, you but know, if I'm you, still learning. If you like, if you like the music that you hear on God is in the TV Zine, which I think a lot of you will, then you should listen to the podcast anyway. The bits that need work are only very very <laughs> small bits the music is is good I mean I liked everything least, else needs I liked work. at least three songs in the last one I listened to and, That's I, good. and I am incredibly fussy about but music the thing is I tend to just pick either stuff we've 
done something on or stuff I've just liked that's if different. If I listened to an hour of radio, I would probably like three songs. So you've got, uh, if it was a good channel, six music. Yeah. Right? If I listened to an hour of that, I'd probably like yeah, three songs. What I'm trying same, to do. Same with yours. What, so fair enough. I could put much more. I hadn't more, heard those songs before. Exactly. So that's I'm the really point. I'm really glad I have. That's the point. It's like I'm trying not to put much more known stuff on there that I could put no, on No, no, it's good. You might. You might. Like, That's you know right. I mean? If you want to hear it's, some new and interesting, what it is is more of a like a sort of um, you know, it's a proper podcast, really, where you know, I'm just putting stuff I like on there or we've we've written about basically. So yeah, it's going to be a bit a bit of a mixture. But um, but it's called God is in the Pod. Yeah, and you can also check out all that on GodisInTheTV.zine.co.uk. And is there a, a plug? Is there a link to the podcast from there? Yeah, it's all on there. Is it going to come Mixed through? Does it go through Mixcloud as well? Yeah, everything. <laughs> My PR is called Sound and Vision PR, but uh, yeah, we're, we're still getting websites together for that. So. Well, look out for it by the time this. If, <laughs> if, by, if by the time this airs, there is a website for it. I'll also be linking to that in the show notes. Fantastic. Well, it's been a pleasure getting better acquainted with you, Bill. And you, Dave. Lovely to see you. Yeah, Talk no, to you. Nice to, yeah, nice to speak to you in person rather than in Facebook comments. Yeah. And do you want to say goodbye to the listeners? Goodbye, listeners. Goodbye. <laughs> so, Bill's PR company, you can find at www.soundandvisionpr.com. God is in the TV zine is presenting a night of music at Dempsey's in Cardiff on the 23rd of May, featuring Glasgow's Three Blind Wolves, North Walian, Shy and the Fight, Swansea's The Adelines and Cardiff's Brothers. And as I said at the start of the show, come along to the Hackney Attic on the 17th of May, which is only a couple of days' time, although I'm recording this ages before that. Come along for some stand-up tragedy. 17th of May, Hackney Attic. Getting Better Acquainted isn't just happening as a podcast. It's also going out in half-hour edits on Resonance FM. Those are shows selected from the first 100 episodes, edited down to half-hour, tasty morsels of conversation that go out at 7.30 on a Thursday and 10 o'clock on a Friday on Resonance 104.4 FM. If you're in London, you may be able to get that on your radio dial. If you're outside of London, you can get that online by going to the Resonance FM website.